Well, hello there, and welcome to Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. So glad you joined me. Um, just give me a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if you're so inclined to. <clears throat> but today we want to do something a little bit different. I want to kind of recap or review some of the things that we've been talking about uh, to make sure I didn't lose anyone, because uh, sometimes we... Uh, get going and we've been going full ahead. We've, we're up to chapter 17, about to start chapter 18. And just want to make sure we are, we're all together and on the same page. Um, I do encourage you to, to, to review the videos. Um, if you haven't had a chance to already, uh, go back and, and review them and spend some time, uh, you know, start with the first one and work your way up so you can get to where we are. But today should help people that are coming on board for the first time um, to uh, understand what we're doing and uh, what the channel is all about. Uh, my name is Linda Anderson. Um, the name of this uh, YouTube channel is called Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. And what we do is we read through the scriptures. We're reading through the entire Bible. We read the scripture. Um, we explain what we're reading and make sure we have an understanding of what we're reading in the context. And then we make application to our lives. So how does that apply to us right now? Um, you know, living in a time that we're living in. How can I apply what I'm learning to my life right now? So that's what we try to do uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So uh, glad you joined me. We're going to uh, start out with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, for this time together. Holy Spirit, help us to understand and to retain what we learn, oh God. We thank you for your precious word. Make it a part of us. Hide your word in our hearts, oh God, that we might not sin against you. Lord, we thank you, we honor you, we praise you, and Holy Spirit, we ask you to come in and be the teacher. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. So I'm so excited, but like I said, we're just gonna recap a little bit so that um, we can make sure everybody's up to snuff, and if you're a new person that's coming in, um, you're on the same page with everyone else and, and you know what we're talking about. Um, so anyway, we just to just to get some back information. Um, sometimes when you read the Bible, it seems like it's such an enormous book. Uh, oh, my gosh, there's so many chapters and it's so much to read. And I don't. OK, so I'm trying to put this in some kind of uh, order for you. So it doesn't seem so, so huge and so enormous. Um, it is something that we can do. We can read it. We can get through it. We can get an understanding of it. The Holy Spirit can enlighten us. And it's just awesome studying the Word of God. So the Bible is, um, uh, one of the, um, scholars broke it up this way. And I, I like the way he did it. So I'm using the same thing that the Bible is, uh, he broke it up into three parts, actually. The first part being the history of the human race from Adam to Abraham. And that's chapters Genesis chapters uh, that's Genesis chapter one through chapter eleven, and we've already read those chapters. And he also said number two, the second part of the Bible, is the history of the chosen race. And if you're a note taker, you might want to write that down. Um, the first one is the history of the human race, from Adam to Abram, because it'll kind of put the Bible in perspective for you. That's Genesis chapter one through eleven. The history of the chosen race is the second part of the Bible from Abraham to Christ. And that's from Genesis chapter 12 through Matthew. 
and Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. So um, the second portion would start in Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to talk about that chosen race all the way through to the book of Matthew. And the third part of the Bible, he broke that into the history of the church from Christ, starting in Matthew, to the end of the age, going all the way to Revelation, the end of the world. Amen. So uh, when you break it down like that, it makes it so that it's 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 more, um, you can digest it better. You can understand it a little bit better. Okay. So in those sections, we started out reading uh, about the creation story. And that's chapters one through three. And we read about how, how God created everything. Um, everything was created by him. It wasn't a big bang theory. And if it was, you know, that, that was outside of God. I mean, if he did use a bang, it still was God. But how God created everything. And we read the scriptures about that. Then we read about uh, Adam and Eve, how he created Adam and Eve. And he gave them a covenant. We talked about the Adamic covenant. The Adamic covenant saying that um, when God told Adam and Eve, he put them in charge of everything he had created. Everything that he said was good. He put Adam and Eve in charge of it. And the only rule that they had was don't eat of the no tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can eat of any other tree, but just not that one. Well, Adam and Eve sinned because they, uh, they didn't keep the promise and the covenant with God. They ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, as we all know, and thus we call that the fall. They fell from grace. The moment that they ate of the knowledge, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they start dying. Sin entered the world. It's going to be changes from here on out. Uh, they get they got kicked out of the garden because of what they did and the sin uh, that they did in disobeying God. Uh, so then we read about uh, the the curses that came upon them after the fall, and then we read about their sons Cain and Abel, and how Cain committed the first murder in the Bible. He was jealous of Abel, killed his brother. And that was in chapter four. Then in chapter four, we also read about Lamech. Lamech was, now, uh, when they list the genealogy in the Bible, they don't always put all the names. Sometimes they only put the names that are important at the time, and they might skip a couple of names in relation, but they have the, the main ones that they want, that he wants us to remember. So based on the names that were in chapter four, Lamech is Cain's great-great-great-grandson. That's just by the way it's listed. Um, and But the reason why I mention him because he was the first one to begin to practice polygamy. So, you know, sometimes I think it's, it's interesting to know where this stuff started from. And polygamy is uh, where men felt like they could have more than one wife. Lamech had two wives. Now, how many people know that was not the plan of God? That was not the plan in the beginning. And how do we know? Because when God created the heaven and earth, when he created Adam and Eve, he's, he rested. He was done. This is the way it's supposed to, this is what it's supposed to look like. A man and a woman. The twain becoming one flesh. Two people of the opposite sex. So the original plan uh, of one man, one woman, because sin into the world, now you can see how men's mentality is changing. And they're going away from what God originally wanted them to do. They've, they've already killed the first person. Now they've hit him more than one wife. More depravity, more things is happening. Um, angels actually came down. We talked about that in chapter six. Where angels came down and they saw the daughters of men and they actually had uh, had sex with women. And I know this is controversial. Some people don't believe it, but it's, it's in the Bible. It's black and white. Read it for yourself in uh, Genesis chapter six. 
And uh, a way that you can confirm that is when you read in the book of Job, Job 1, 6, and Job chapter 2, verse 1, it talks about how the sons of God presented themselves before God and Satan came too. And in each place where it talks about the sons of God presenting themselves, it's referring to angels. So that's how we 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 put two and two together that this this meant that um when the sons of God saw the daughters of men in Genesis chapter six, this is talking about angels. They had sex with them and they created the Nephilim. N-A-P-H-I-L-I-M. The Nephilim was a giant, giant people. And the Hebrew meaning, the original meaning of, of that word Nephilim is fallen ones. So uh here we have uh, where these angels are sleeping with women, they create these giant people, and God punished them. And we read about that in Second uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 4, and Jude chapter 6. Not chapter 6, I'm sorry. Jude is only one book. It's just uh, verses. So it's Jude in verse 6. It's only one chapter. So Jude, verse 6. And he said um, in, the, in Jude and in Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4, that these angels that committed this offense... God has them locked up in chains of darkness until their judgment day. So we read about that. And and how many people know it, it probably wasn't, all, I'm sure it wasn't all the angels because we're assuming that these angels were the fallen angels, the ones that fell when Satan first fell. And so uh, some of them did this. So it's probably not all of them, but some of them are locked up. Noah and the flood. We talked about Noah and the flood, how God gave man. 120 years to get it together. Noah had a good 100, 100 or so years to build the ark. He had 120 years to get the food together for all the animals that was going to be coming on the ark. And he did just what God told him to do. He built it just the way God told him to build it. Everything God told him to do, he did. Amen. He built the ark for the upcoming judgment. He was probably laughed at why he was building the ark because they had never seen rain before. Uh, we talked about how the flood lasted about 12 and a half months from start from the start of the rain until the land was dry. And you can find that in Genesis chapter 7 and 8, where um, it rained 40 days and 40 nights without stopping. And then after 40 days and 40 nights, the rain stopped, but the water stayed on the earth and did not recede until five months later. So you have five months with the water just sitting there. Nothing happened. It's just sitting there. And it covered the, the peaks of the, the highest mountain. It was way above even the, the highest mountain. It covered that mountain. So nobody could survive off of that. But Noah and his family. So we have Noah and his wife, his three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives, who were the only ones that were saved along with the animals in the ark. And then we talked about how... Um, the Noahic covenant, where God actually, after the flood and after he remembered Noah and dried the land, because even though it took five months with the water just sitting there, in 12 and a half months, eventually everything was over with. The land was dry and Noah and his family were able to come out. Uh, so Sham, Ham, and Japheth, Noah's three sons, repopulated the earth. So with that in mind, since they repopulated the earth, that let us know that we're all related. We talked about that. We all came from Sham, Ham, and Japheth. And we went over a little bit where each one of the uh, the people came from and where we stand in that. And then it talks about, we talked about the Tower of Babel, where God 
confounded the language. And we talked about how men had decided that they were uh, didn't want to be scattered over the whole earth. So we're going to make a tower that's going to reach heaven. And mind you, they made this tower not thinking about, we want to praise God. We want to worship God. We're making this on behalf of the They had God nowhere in mind. This is all a man thing. Uh, we're going to do this, you know. And since they were all in one mind and God said nothing would be impossible to them, he was going to have to confound them. So he ended up giving them separate languages, making all their languages different so they couldn't understand each other. And so they all went their separate ways. And thus we have the beginning of the languages all over the earth. So that was the first section. So, um, and that was the history of the human race. That's the history of everybody included, all mankind. And some of the main points that you want to remember from that section, the history of the human race from Adam to Abraham is the creation story, the fall of man, where Adam and Eve fail, the flood, Noah and the ark, and the Tower of Babel. Those are like four major incidents that happened during that uh, the history of the human race. The confounding of the language, the flood that killed everybody but Noah and his family, and also the fact that sin is in the world with the fall of Adam. So there's a, those are major events you want to remember. Okay, the section, second part that we're on right now is the history of the chosen race from Abraham to Christ. Genesis chapter 12 through Matthew. Now this second part, which is the chosen race, we're going to be dealing with the patriarchs. And the patriarchs are um, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. We're going to be talking about Jacob's 12 sons. We're going to be talking about Joseph, um, you know, in, in, a, in a lot of detail. Um, but patriarchs, patriarch is like the father of the family. And back in the Bible days, the family line usually went through the male in the family. It went through um, uh, the male of the household. But what's interesting about that is when you look at the genealogy in Matthew, which talks about the birth of Jesus and where he came from, it, it's significant. And we need to take note of the fact that when he did, when God put that genealogy in the book, allowed them to put that in the book, there were five women that were listed in that genealogy. And these were interesting women. And it's so interesting. I just think we just need to just look at it uh, briefly uh, about this genealogy. Because the five women that were mentioned were Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and of course, Mary, the mother of Jesus. And, uh, and just real quickly in verse three, Matthew chapter one, verse three, it talks about Tamar. And sometimes the spelling is a little different. So you might see a little C like in, in, in Rahab's name is Rachab in one place. Um, so the names might be a little bit, but it's talking about the same thing. And then when you see Bathsheba, they really didn't name her, but they said she was the wife of Uriah. Uh, so they still mentioned her, but they, they, her name wasn't, wasn't in there, but that, that was Bathsheba. But Tamar, what's interesting about her is that um, she was Judah's daughter-in-law. She had married one of uh, Judah's. Judah was one of the 12 tribes of uh, Jacob, one of Jacob's sons. And uh, Judah, Judah was her father-in-law. And she, she married Ur. He had two sons, Ur and Onan, E-R and O-N-A-N. Well, she married Ur. And Ur was an evil person, so God killed him. Then she married Odin, which was Judah's other son. Odin was upset because he didn't want his seed to go to her. 
So he actually had relations with her and made sure she didn't preg didn't get pregnant. He made sure his seed didn't she didn't get a seed. Uh, you can read about that uh, in Genesis chapter thirty-eight. You read that whole that whole ordeal. But anyway, because he he spilled his seed on the ground and did not let her have his seed, uh, God killed him. So now Tamar is a widow and she's without a man. And Judah is saying, well, why don't, you know, why don't you, maybe you should just stay a widow until my other son gets old enough. He had no intention of giving her his oldest son. Long story short, she ended up tricking Judah and uh, ended up laying with him, getting pregnant by him because she posed herself as a prostitute. And she took his signet ring and his staff. And so when she was about to be uh, slaughtered, being killed because they, you know, she was pregnant, she wasn't supposed to be. So they thought she was out doing some stuff she shouldn't have did. She presented the ring and the signet. She said, I'm pregnant by the man that owns these things. And just, you know, just a, a tremendous story. I, I just, I love the story because she was actually considered honorable for what she did. And the son that she had from Judah was Paris, P-E-R-E-Z. And Paris uh, was one of the ancestors of David and Jesus. So her son became in the, you know, was in the family line. Rahab. Rahab was um, a Canaanite prostitute. Rahab hid some spies that came to uh, spy out the land. Some of God's people came up to spy out the land and uh, the children of Israel. And she hid the spies. And when she hid them, uh, they promised that they would protect her if she, you know, did something. She had to put a, a ribbon in her window and bring everybody in her household, and they saved her. But Rahab became, uh, she married Salmon, who was an Israelite of the tribe of Judah, and Salmon gave birth to Boaz. And that's significant, because Boaz married Ruth. And Ruth, uh, Joseph, the adoptive father of Jesus is the direct descendant of Ruth. So you can read that in Joshua chapter 12. Then we talked about Ruth. We talked, they, talked, they had Ruth included in the family line of Jesus. Ruth uh, was a Moabite. And take note of that word Moabite, because we're going to mention that again when we start talking about them in the next two chapters about Sodom and Gomorrah. So pay attention to that. Ruth was a Moabite. And she was... Uh, Naomi and her husband and two sons had moved to Moab. And Naomi was an Israelite. She was uh, a Jewish person, person and her husband and her two sons. They moved to Moab because there was a famine in Judah. All three of, the, of those men died. Her husband and her two sons died. So Naomi was going to go back to Bethlehem. So she told Ruth and her, her other daughter-in-law, okay, you, you two can go back to your family because I'm going back to Bethlehem. Well, Ruth refused to leave her and decided that she was going to go wherever Naomi wanted. Where you go, where I'm going to go. Where you die, I'm going to die. She's just going to stick with Naomi. Well, Ruth ended up, um, she gave birth, well, she met Ruth married Boaz. And she gave birth to Obed, who is Jesse's father. And Jesse gave birth to King David. So you see how it's lining up and how God made sure that these women's name was mentioned. Because Ruth was not an Israelite. She, she kind of came into the family in a different kind of way. Rahab was not an Israelite. She was a Canaanite prostitute. She came into the family a different kind of way. And then the story of Bathsheba. Bathsheba 
uh david fell with her he he was in you know he wanted her he took her and then he did some crooked things about trying to get rid of her husband and he ended up marrying her and she got pregnant first baby died and the second child was solomon now we all know solomon the wisest man of all okay so and and then of course mary the mother of jesus a virgin born uh and it was prophesied that the, that Jesus would be born of a virgin. So this is significant. These five women are listed here because normally women are not listed in a genealogy. They just list all the men. So take, take note of that. So anyway, right now we're starting to study the patriarchs. And like I said, we're on Abraham. Um, he is the first one that we're going to be talking about. And with Abraham, we talk, we're talking about... Um, his family, his call, separation from Lot, and the war between the nine kings. So this is stuff we actually have already read about. Uh, read about his family in chapter 11, his family being Terah, and they were idol worshipers. So we said that's probably why God called him away from them. Uh, in, in chapter 12, he told them, leave your country, your kindred, and go to a place I'm going to show you. Uh, in uh, chapter 13, he uh, was still Lot was his nephew. Lot was still with him. He and Lot both had become rich. Too, you know, they both had too much for the land, so they had to separate because their their herdsmen were starting to fight. We talked about that. Lot chose to go to a fertile land. He said it was very fertile in Sodom. Now take note of that. When Lot chose to go live near Zor in a fertile land near Sodom, remember we're going to talk about Sodom in the next chapter. But when he chose to live there, it was beautiful. It was fertile. It looks awesome. And it was plush. Abraham went the other way. He said, Lot, wherever you chose, I'm going to go the opposite direction. So Lot you know, went near Sodom. Abraham went to Haran or in, in Canaan land. And then we have the War of the Kings. We talked about that in chapter 14. There were nine kings that were at war. And Lot got caught in the middle of it. Lot got captured. Abraham had to go and rescue Lot. And he rescued Lot and got back all the spoil that the people had um, had taken away from Sodom and, and Gomorrah and those lands. So they 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 were they appreciated Abraham to say the least, and so Lot I believe earned a lot of respect because of who Abraham was, and I believe after that he might have moved closer into the city. But we're going to read about that, and then in chapter sixteen, and we talked about how Ishmael was born, how Sarah after ten years of waiting on God to give her the promise to of a son, she got tired of waiting, and she gave uh, Hagar her handmaiden to Abraham. And they brought forth Ishmael, which was not in the plan of God, but Ishmael was born. So we also talked about the Abrahamic covenant, and we spent a lot of time on that, uh, chapters 12, 13, 15, and 17. And we were saying, why is that important for us to review the Abrahamic covenant? And just to read the Old Testament uh, scriptures in general because uh just want you to know that you know reminded how important it is for us to read the whole bible the old testament and the new testament you know there is a a, a scripture i mean a saying that i learned a long time ago that says uh, let me see i don't want to get it get it wrong and you guys need to get you one of these this is a strong concordance of the bible i use this to study with a lot but there's a um, passage that says the new is in the old concealed the old is in the new revealed. And basically what that means is the New Testament and things that happen in the New Testament is concealed in the Old Testament. There are a number of scriptures in this Old Testament 
that is talking about Jesus Christ. You'll find scriptures about Jesus Christ, and we're not going to go over that right now, but we will at some point. But he's mentioned in Genesis, in Numbers, in Isaiah, in the Psalms, in Micah, in Daniel, in Jeremiah, in Hosea, in Malachi, in Deuteronomy, in Zechariah. All these old scriptures had prophecies about Jesus, and they were fulfilled in the New Testament. And at some point, we'll go over that, but we're not going to uh, have time to go over that today. But a reason why we need to study the Abrahamic Covenant is because Abraham's journey was the start of God making a nation of Jews to proclaim to the world who God is and what God is all about. And how did the Jews proclaim that? They proclaimed it with their feasts, with their laws, with their sacrifices, with their ceremonies. They were shouting to the world, this is what God is all about. So that's one reason why we need to study the Old Testament. Because remember this, sec this uh, middle section, uh, the history of the chosen race from Adam to Christ. We're going to be reading about them from Genesis all the way to, to Matthew. And another reason why we need to study that is because the Jews preserved the Old Testament for us. They were the keepers of the law. They kept the word for us. That's why we have a Bible right now, because they preserved it. They kept it for us. And then the third thing we need to remember is that everything that they did pointed to Christ, the Messiah. All the sacrifices they did pointed to the ultimate sacrifice that was come, going to come forth in Jesus Christ. Amen. So just like one through one in Romans 5, 19 says, through one man, all were made sinners. Through one man who is Jesus Christ, many will be made righteous. So it, it is so important for us to read the whole word and have this word to become a part of us. Amen. Amen. So that was just a recap. Just wanted to make sure you're up with up with me on the same page. But please go back and review the scriptures. Even if you uh, review one video a day, I mean, it'll take you a couple of weeks and you'll catch up to us. We have about 20 videos on there starting from Genesis chapter 1. And uh, next week, we're going to be in chapter 18. So uh, get into your reading. Get that word in you. And for those that haven't accepted Christ in your heart, I invite you to go on my channel. There is a playlist. And on this playlist, I put these two together so it's easy for you to find. If you go on my channel, Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda, you're going to find, um, and that's the same channel that we're on now, um, The Sinner's Prayer, a short version where you can uh, learn all about how to give your heart to the Lord and you'll be led to the Lord in that video. And also there's a teaching about salvation on that same bit in that same playlist. There's two videos underneath that playlist. Put them right together so it's easy to find. So please give your heart to Jesus because he's waiting for you. He's longing for you. He's reaching for you. He's, he's stirring you up. That stirring you feeling in your spirit is because God's saying he loves you so much and he wants you to come to him. Amen. Amen. So let's just close in prayer. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for all those that are listening. Holy Spirit, we just pray that, that you would save those to the uttermost. Father, that are searching for you, that are seeking for you, those that are hungering and thirsting for your righteousness. You said if we hunger and thirst for your righteousness, that we would be filled. Fill us up, God. Fill us up, God, with more of you. Help us, Lord, to be better people, Lord God. Father, help us to be better at all that you called us to do, to be better husbands, to be better wives, to be better friends, oh God. Holy Spirit, be in everything that we do and we say. Father, And we just ask that you receive all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I will see you next week.